to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Again, we talked about the small city that the Colossae was, that Paul had never been to this city. You know, kind of incredible that he would, again, out of the, you know, the books that he wrote, that he would take time to pen a letter to this city, that he had heard such great things from them, from, from their, their, their Colossian brother, of just the wonderful things that they were doing there. He felt an urge, a need to, to sit there, and the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he decided to write a letter to this church. And, and again, as we talked about it last week, that there was a, a heresy that had happened quite a bit back then. You know, that there was, there was heresies, there were outside influences that were coming to, to try to change what the gospel truly was. You know, we know the gospel today, it's, it's very simple, right? It's the good news. It's that, you know, if you believe that Jesus was lived a sinless life, he was born of a virgin mother, if you believe him in your heart that he, he really did die for my sins and I, and I accept him as Lord, well, then guess what? I'm saved, right? It's, it's that simple. It's in men that come in there and try to, to change things up and try to make it a little difficult, a little harder, and a little more things to jump through. Well, this was written basically to a, a Gentile church, though. So again, sometimes back then it was, you had the, the Jews that were coming in and they had been staunch and grown up in this, this, this legalistic design, design that they had been under that they really felt like there has to be some kind of work that I have to do to receive this, this gospel, right? I mean, it just can't be that easy. I mean, I've, I've struggled my whole life. I've kept the Sabbath. I mean, Paul went over his, his resume in Philippians that we talked about. All the things that I've, I've been, it's me, man. I was it. I was a Jew of Jews. I could do this thing. But he realized then when he met with Jesus in Acts and Jesus saved him and changed his life, he realized, I, I've, it's not by my works. It's only through Christ and who I've been trying to, to serve God and I've just been serving him the wrong way. And then as he now looks at this Gentile church, he sees, you know, that there's heretics that are starting to come in and saying that no, it's, it's not that easy. Why, Bill? Well, we talked about it last week and it was the Gnostics that came in and it was Gnosticism and Gnostics talk actually means it's, 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 um, it's intelligence. It's, it's a desire to learn. It's knowledge. The Greek word is knowledge. I had to go through all the different words in my mind. Synonyms. There's another synonym. There's another synonym. Where, where, where's the right word? Come on, you know, download, download quickly. My Wi-Fi is off this morning. It's not working that good, you know? So it's knowledge of, and they believed that knowledge was their God. That knowledge is how we get there. Remember there was, there was a body, soul, and a spirit, and a body and soul were, were all evil because they were just of this planet, you know, and so they didn't care about that, but I gotta release my spirit. And how do I release my spirit? Well, it's by knowledge. We talked about today how so many people today just have a desire for knowledge, correct? It's, this is an antiquated book. It's, it's written a long time ago. It's fairy tales. It's, it's mystics. It's all made up. There's lots of gods. I mean, there's all roads lead there. I mean, you've heard all the knowledge that, that we as an enlightened generation have. I'm here to tell you today that this is the same book that was written back there that's applicable today. Why? Because it's the word of God. Well, Kevin, how does all that work? I don't know. Where was God before he created everything? I don't know. I don't, I don't have that information. Well, shouldn't you? You're a pastor? Well, no. I'm a pastor, but the Word of God doesn't tell me where God was, does it? So how then? I, I'm going to make it up then. 
I mean, I could come up with something and have a next Marvel movie of where God came from, but make, maybe I should make a couple billion dollars and, you know, and we have a little bit bigger church and, you know, my drive is a little something nicer and not the same pair of jeans, you know, every other, you know, third time I come up and teach, but. And that means something coming from Jeremy, by the way, because Jeremy is the clothes man. But Paul addresses this and says that don't allow that to come into your church. I, he's going to sit there and he's, he's softly going to address us even in the first chapter. And we've got a long time till we get there, maybe a week or two. And, and, and just talking about again that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is God and that Jesus was there from the very beginnings. That it doesn't mean that you have to have all the knowledge and all the understanding and all the answers to all the questions. Why? Because God does. But the first thing that Paul's going to do, as he always does, is he's going to introduce the church and he's going to talk to them and he's going to build them up like any good counselor, any good pastor would do and be like, hey man, these are the wonderful things that I hear from you. And these aren't lies. He's heard wonderful things that they are doing. And so as a good pastor, he's going to come alongside them. He's going to build them up. He's going to encourage them and, and warn them not to be listening to this stuff. Again, Christian, this morning, don't listen to the stuff. Now, it's not a cult, and I'm not telling you to, to not be smart and to be ignorant. No, I'm telling you to be the smartest Christian that's out there. I'm not afraid of a lot of people. Oh, Christians are afraid of science. I'm, I am completely confident, and I love science. I think science proves that there's a God. Why? Because science can't prove what they believe. I believe God created the heavens. God was the Big Bang. Ask them where all that energy came for to make the Big Bang happen. Their own science says, well, matter can't be created out of nothing. It has to be created out of something. So then where did all this stuff come from? Well, it can't be God. I mean, hello, it can't be that simple. I embrace science. I tell you as a Christian, be smart. Study, learn, grow. But don't let that be your God as far as the God of knowledge and start resting on your own laurels and your own abilities because guess what? At some point, your own knowledge is going to crumble and fall apart because at some point you won't have the answers anymore. You'll continue like a dog and just chase your tail and chase your tail and chase your tail and then finally you'll run out of steam. We talked about those last week about a couple that, that a couple people that had been in the ministry and were, were writing it off and falling away because they felt like they had found something else or Christianity wasn't the answer anymore or they were apologizing for the things that they had done. I say to you, I'm sorry for that. I then went back and listened to my message this week and um, I don't think I was too harsh upon them, but maybe my attitude and my anger and my frustration in them was a little too hard too. For that, I repent if I did. I tell you to pray for them. I tell you that if they really are saved and they're, they are a brother of ours, then we need to lift them up. Because whether they desire to have that kind of influence on people or, or if that was their desire, they still do have influence over people, whether it be Christian or non-Christian. And then our desire then is, as a, as a brotherhood is, yes, if they have, if they have committed, you know, apostasy, if they're walking away, then fine, yes, then, then, then you're gone. I'm, I'm sorry. But if you're not, then my desire is for you to come back. 
Come back in the loving arms of a, of a Savior that would look at a, a prodigal child and as they have left and, and, and gone and eaten the slop of the pigs, that they would realize then that, man, even my father's servants eat better than this. Let me go back to God and just see if he would just take me back. And allow me just to, to sit at underneath the table and just take in some of the scraps. So I tell you as a Christian to pray for them. I tell you as a Christian of, of those same people that maybe within your own life and, and whether it be family or friends or, or ex-friends and ex-church members that have been here before that you would just continue to pray for them. Don't lose hope. God desires that nobody should fall away from Him. He desires that everybody would be saved. He said, that's my desire. I loved you so much that I was willing to, to send my son to die on a cross for you. Why? That you may have a relationship with me. So many times we in our, our walk, we either get frustrated or our flesh rises up or, or we don't see the fruit from it immediately. So after, you know, six months or two weeks or two days, we've prayed hard and, and nothing has happened. And, and so then suddenly we move on. The Lord doesn't want it to happen. That's not true. Remember when we talked about Joseph last year and he had been in, 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 in gone through the Potiphar's house and he had prayed and it was like 13 years, 13 years. For God to then act upon His will within Joseph's life. I can tell you, for 13 years, I'd have been like, man, I'm not sure God's here. Okay, because the things I've gone through, the struggles I've gone through, I'm not feeling the Lord. Lord's moved on something else. I'll pray for something within my own life, Christine and our own life, and we'll go through something. And then if I don't hear something within a week, I'm like, man, is, is the Lord really want us to do this? It's been a week. You know, have you fasted? Have you really cried out and, and been on your knees? Well, I haven't been on my knees and no, I haven't, I haven't cried. I haven't, I haven't sought the Lord in that way, but you know, I've, I've thrown up a prayer here and there for something. But I'm sure in your own life, if, if you sit there and there are people that in your life and, and you continue to, to cry out to the Lord and the Lord sees that. And they're like incense in heaven. I don't understand how my prayer is an incense in heaven to God, but he sees that. And maybe it's like a, a zinnia or my kids coming up and they're just so excited to see you that they're just, they just fall and they grab you. Dad, I just love you. Well, that's the incense. And as God sees that and he sees his, his children crying out to him and loving upon him, and he says, oh man, it just moves my heart. Who is it that we're praying for, man? I'm, let's, let's work in their life and let's do something so that God continue to move in their life. I say that because there was a, a row of kids here last night that I've known since younger than Zenya, you know? I mean, I've known Alice literally forever, I feel, you know, and, and Stephen. And, and there were kids here last, yesterday that were, were just over toddler age. Camden, stuff like that. I was laughing because William, you don't know William. William's like this tall. Well, not like that. He's up here this tall, but he wouldn't be that, that tall. He would be eight feet tall. But he's, he's, he used to have this, he was younger. He was like, you know, 11, 12, something like that. I don't remember. He had this long black hair, you know, and a good looking kid. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, the girls just love him with his hair. And then he just showed up to church one day and he was all shaved off. And I was like, 
you know, the girls in school must have just had like this heart attack. Like he shaved his hair. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, and he was all in command. He was like, oh, I'm all army now. I was like, it's just funny. So I see him now and he's grown and he's got kids of his own. And, you know, and I realize I'm getting older, you know, when I'm seeing kids that I used to to love on and to minister to. And now he's got his own kids and 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 to sit there and look at them and, and they're not part of your day to day. And yet you still cry out to the Lord, Lord, just grab their hearts have their hearts why because these are the same kids that have their own lives and things are going on and the same with alice i mean i'll see alice at Publix, and she's like hey how you doing you know she'll just come up and and so it doesn't matter what's going on in your life where you're at these kids they see you and all of a sudden it's a remembrance back to when they were younger and when they were younger kids and so like that then becomes who they're, they're real person. And maybe it's not the real person, but maybe it's the person that they were then. And they just look upon you and they're just like, oh, there's just a, a bit of that time that they see. Why I say that to you is that are you that person then in Christ to them of whoever that you are in this room? Are you that person in Christ to somebody else so that they see that moment? And it's just a little bit of Jesus at that moment. Is it a little bit of Jesus? Is that the influence that you have? And then are you living a life that's worthy of the call of Christ? Are you living that life? Because if you're living that life, then great. If you're not, then I'm telling you, again, Christian, get back on the path. Because then you're like the people we talked last week, and you're just leading people astray. Well, Paul's sitting here, and he's like, you're Kevin, how are you going to pull this together? Well, the Holy Spirit's bringing it here now. So so you look at it, and he says, you know, so he's looking at this church, and he says, look, I, I know one of your brothers. It's a Papyrus, and he's he's a wonderful guy. He's, he's come to see me in jail, and, and you guys know I've been in prison. And he's he's showed up, and he's he's just blessed me with some time. And he's telling me of these wonderful stories of things that you guys are doing. He's talking about all these things that, that's going on within your church. And I just, I feel compelled. I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, hey, look, I need to write you guys a letter. Because you're doing the work. You've come alongside me in the gospel. And we are servants. And we are, we're working together for the, for the greater meant of what God's trying to do within all of our lives. <clears throat> Verse 3 says, we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love of your saints. And Paul is telling him that he gives thanks. It's, it's always an encouragement to hear of good things that are happening elsewhere, correct? I don't know if you guys have seen Lynette yet and talked to her. I haven't had a chance to yet because of just our schedules. But she and Don went down to the DR last week, a little bit jealous. They went there for three days and they got to meet Pastor Julio and, and the church that we go down and serve. And they got to meet somebody. It just, it's just, just exciting to hear good news from somebody that you know. It's just encouraging to hear that and, and to see what, what's going on in their life. And, and Paul looks at him and says, man, I, I give thanks to that. Why? Because it's encouraging to my own walk as Paul, as I'm sitting in a jail, not sure if, if the gospel is continuing, or, or, are people continuing to follow Christ, or as things going on and as these reports come in. And again, like I've explained a couple weeks ago, you know, they didn't pick up the phone and go, hey, FaceTime, hey, Paul, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm still, yeah, the Roman guard's still here. We're still just hanging out. And we're, he didn't have that. There was no email. There was no texting or, or, whatever instagram or whatever the new one is today i don't know whatever it is but there was none of that stuff you know not taking selfies with the roman guard and sending it out or anything like that it's it's just the fact that they're just there 
and he has to wait for a, a good old-fashioned hand letter to come in, or he has to wait for a visit to come in from somebody to give him the information of what's going on in the rest of the world. And so as he receives this good news, he's, he's encouraged. He gives thanks. He's like, oh, man, it's, it is incredible to hear of these good words and these good tidings of things that are going on. Christian, it's the same thing within your own life as, as we come in here. And, and yes, you guys aren't from far away and you're coming in, but to come in on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday night, and just as continue to see you as you continue to grow in your faith and as you continue to walk closer to God, maybe today better than you did yesterday. And as I continue to see you and you're, you have the desire that's in your heart to continue to, to seek after God and, and man, uh, just having the confession, man, you know, the Lord just kind of showing me this now. And as I continue to see that sanctification within your lives and as he continues to mold you into his own image, it's just wonderful to see. I mean, there's so many things that, that as a pastor you get to hear and see and be a part of people's lives and, and, and it's different than what you guys get to see and experience because you probably get a little bit more of the close one-on-one because you're, you're together a little bit more and as a pastor you kind of get everything that's going on in everybody's lives and good, bad, and different, you know, and ups and downs and hills and valleys and stuff like that. But it's just wonderful to see that the desire of your hearts is to continue to seek after God. Kevin, I stumbled today and I, and I fell and I, I scuffed up my knee. And then you get to see how the Lord comes in and just, just picks you up and continues to get you back on the path. And, and it might take a month or two or it might take six months or it might take a year. But then to see that person continue to get back into the fold and continue to walk and continue to, to be guided by our shepherd, Jesus, as we are sheep that he doesn't allow to, to fall away. So we praise God for these stories. Christian, I say, if you, if you, if you're going through a hard time, be humble and admit it. Because I want to see from where you were at that moment to where God is going to bring you. See, that's exciting to see. Not for our own, again, I don't want a statue, you know, again, like I've mentioned that in the past. I don't want a statue of Kevin somewhere. I want, I want those testimonies, those things that you have done and those, those life stories to be the testimony that everybody gets to see. Not what great things Pastor Don has done or Pastor Kevin or, or the women's ministry, the men's ministry, but what if Jesus has done within your own lives? See, Paul looks at this church and realizes there's, he has, he has no, he has no skin in the game. Again, Paul hasn't been to this church. This again has happened because of, of people that he's reached elsewhere have gone into the city and they have done a great work of God in the city. Paul has nothing. Paul is like, I haven't been there. I don't even know who you people are. I hear of this and it's just encouraging. It's wonderful. Paul says, praying for you always. And, and we see this in so many areas of scripture. I don't know how he did anything, honestly. Paul, if Paul was just praying for all these people in all these books that you see, I'm like, how did the dude do anything? You know, I mean, it's just amazing. I'm like, it must have taken him six hours of a day just to do that. But then he was also a tent maker. He's also preaching the gospel. I mean, the dude was just, it, did he sleep? I don't know. Maybe that's why he didn't, couldn't see because he was just sleep deprivation and he's walking around like, I'm just, you know, they thought he was blind. He was just, he just couldn't see. I'm exhausted, man. You guys are just wearing me out. He says, I pray for you often. And next week we'll talk about that if it's, if it's me teaching, we'll, we'll go over verses 9 and 12. And 9 and 12 is actually what he's praying for them for, the, the highlights of it. And we'll get into that. But, but for today's message, the important thing that we're going to talk about today is, is faith, love, and hope. 
faith, love, and hope is something that you'll see so many times, um, either with Jesus speaking or, or in Paul writing, is, is faith, hope, and love. It's the key words. It's a, it's a triad. Some commentators will comment on and, and we see that here in the verses four and five. It says, since, since we heard of your faith in Christ, Jesus, and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. <clears throat> the first thing here is faith and faith is, uh, is a belief. It's a, it's a conviction of the truth of anything. Of anything, right? You guys displayed faith this morning. You didn't even realize you displayed faith this morning. Do you know what you did? You sat in your chair. You just, you said, you know what? I know this chair is going to, it's designed to do this. It's supposed to do this. I'm just going to sit down. I didn't even look at it. I didn't even look underneath it to see if there was four legs. I didn't see if, you just didn't know anything. It could be rusted out. You just sat down. You had faith that it was going to work. So it's just, it's a belief in that something's going to work the way, and, and this is desire to follow it. In reference to Christ, it denotes a strong and welcome conviction or belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation and the kingdom of God. So our faith is a little bit different than just sitting on a chair, correct? So our faith is we look at Jesus as he's our Messiah, that he's the one who paid the cost for my sins. He's the one who's washed me clean and he's the one who's provided me access to the throne room of God. Amen. So that's what we believe in. That's our faith. Our faith isn't in a, in a Buddha, isn't in a rock, it isn't in a tree. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, and says, Now faith is the substance or the realization of things hoped for, the evidence or the confidence of things not seen. So again, as we look at this now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We, we hope in this, but have you ever seen these things? Have you seen the Holy Spirit? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen God? You might see the, the effects of the wind, but you've never seen the wind. You know, the Billy Graham. We have hope in that, and we look forward to that. Why? Because our faith is built on the foundation of, again, as we looked at Easter you know, a few months ago, the Easter, if, if there is no resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we're here this morning for no purpose. Jesus not only had to die on the cross, the important part for him was then to rise again three days later, correct? Because otherwise we have a dead Savior and a dead Savior can't save. Only a live one can. So as Jesus was that, as God recognized Jesus as that perfect sacrifice for us, well then our faith believes in that, but then our faith also believes in the fact that Jesus then rose again. He conquered death. He conquered death so that we can do the same thing at one point. So what was their faith in this church? That they, well, it was in Jesus Christ. Well, I asked you this morning, Christian, too, as, as we sit here today in 2019, well, what is your faith in? What is your faith in this morning? Now, all of us are racing through and we're like, hey, well, the, I'm sitting in church. The proper answer is in Jesus. Hello. You know, I mean, of course, we're going to answer that, Kevin. But I say, really, what is your faith in? Because, see, you can say Jesus, but then can't you have like 1A and 1B and 1C? For some of us this morning, our, our faith also is in my, my checking account. Okay, well, some of you are like, well, I don't have a checking account, so my faith isn't in that one. You know, I don't have any money, so I'm not worried about that one. I'm really about Jesus right now in that, that area. Is your faith in your relationships, your family? 
or you just open right now too of like, ah, I really believe in Jesus, but man, Kevin, I'm, I'm just having a hard time because I see I'm, Kevin, I'm struggling with my, my finances and I'm struggling with, with the things that are going on in my family and I'm, I'm struggling with just me. Who, who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm struggling with struggling. As a Christian, am I supposed to struggle? Am I supposed to have hard times? You know, everything I hear about the Jesus and Paul and, and you guys teach and everything is supposed to be wonderful in my life. And I said, no, it's not. I'm not here to tell you today that you're supposed to, again, have the green lights every time that you drive and that you're supposed to, I mean, everything is not supposed to be absolutely perfect in your life. Jesus said, look, in this life, you'll have tribulations. That's a promise. You don't hear those name it and claim it people ever claim that one, right? Jesus said, I'm going to have tribulation. So today I am praying for some tribulation. No. Jesus said, you're just going to have them. It rains in the rich and the poor. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have hard times. Well, Kevin, you know, but I, I, I live a certain way and, and I do live right. And I, and I don't cheat people and, and I'm nice to people. I'm not being a jerk for Jesus and, and I'm, I'm doing the right things, but yet still I'm having hard times. Well, Christian, you live in a fallen world. I mean, Adam and Eve had it set. Everything was absolutely perfect in the garden, and then they got booted out. Well, guess what? That's where we're at. We're not in the garden. And so, yes, we have to struggle through things in life, and, and you have to struggle when your body doesn't work the way that it used to, and you've got more aches than, than you've ever had before, or less hair than you've had before, and, and you're like, well, well, what about this too? And I've got family members, and I've got arguments, and just frustrations, and I don't want any of that stuff. But again, don't be anxious for anything. Again, come to the Lord, lay your requests and your petitions before Him. And now, again, that doesn't go away. But then when it gives you the godly understanding, the godly perspective to have, well, then all of a sudden now your response changes. Your vision, your direction changes. It's no longer me acting out in my flesh, which I do at times. It's me acting out in God's grace and God's provision. Does that mean that I'm always nice to people when they do something wrong? No, God is a God of, of love, but there's also a time of judgment, Correct. I mean, it doesn't mean that you get walked on all the time. Well, he's a Christian. Just walk all over them. No, you still have rights, but you do it in a godly way. You don't raise your fist and, and try to take somebody down. So what is your faith really in, Christian? See, we can say it's, it's about Jesus, but, but are you living in a manner that it's about Jesus? Are you living in a manner that you really believe in that faith? Are you walking a walk that you, you really believe in reference to Christ that denotes a strong and welcome conviction or belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God? Are you living that way, though? You see, as, as Christ says, he was willing to go to the cross and he was willing to take the beatings. Are you willing to do that? Even when you're right. But you know what? I'm going to turn the other cheek this time. Why? Because I want to glorify God and I want to show that my faith is real. Since we heard of your faith in Christ and Jesus and your love for all the saints, well, when you have the faith in Christ and he changes your heart that way, correct? All of a sudden now you have this love for people. There's a love. Love is it's affection, goodwill, it's, it's benevolence, it's brotherly love. 
And you guys have, have seen this in, in your own lives. Either you've seen it where, where you have loved on somebody else and, and this church is great in doing that. I mean, there's been lots of opportunities and just being able to pour out your love on somebody and whether it's giving, you know, meals for somebody or helping somebody move or just praying for somebody coming alongside and, and just being able to be there for somebody. It's that love that, that we've shared with others and maybe you've also received that love and you've, you've been that person that's had a need and, and you've just felt the warmth of, even though we're a small church, that you felt that warmth, that one-on-one time where, where people have just entered into your life and just been able to be there for you. Well, see, that's just not natural. Well, in, in the world, you'll see it sometimes, correct? I mean, you'll see it. You'll, there's, there's not everybody who's not a Christian is a bad person. I mean, I think sometimes we think the same thing too. Well, they're just sinners and woo, you know, they're bad people. No, they're just good people still. I mean, you know, they just have desires and Bill Gates is giving billions of dollars to this and, you know, who, I mean, so there's, there's still good people that are in the world, but they're just doing it out of their flesh and out of their own, their own desire or their own, you know, trying to get themselves looked a little bit better or, or maybe they feel guilty about something. So then they're doing it and well the motivation is just different so we do it why because it's out of an abundance of what jesus has done for us and so as jesus has loved us and his he's shown his 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 work within our lives well now that it fills us up to it just overflows into everybody else you know another word here is for love is it's a love feast you know it's just a feast of just there's just so much love to go out you're just like man who else can i just I can just love somebody today. Who else can I love on today? Oh, I'm going to love on that person. Come on over here, man. You know, my son is sometimes he'll take the hug, but you know, so it's just like coming up to somebody and just giving them a big hug and they're like, Oh, I'm awkward. You know, this moment, but sometimes it's the same thing when you love on somebody, they don't know how to receive it. And so as you love on them and as you pour into their life, well, it's that, and it's not just love for the saints of people. It's easy to love people that I like, right? It's easy to do that. But when it's people that I don't like, or that I'm not sure of? Well, that becomes a little more difficult, does it not? But God doesn't say that He came, you know, that, that all who, you know, love Him, that He'll die on the cross for. No, He says, I, I, I died for everybody. Christian, as you go out in your life and as you go out and do things, it's that you're supposed to pour that love out to everybody. Everybody gets to see the opportunity of who God is. Remember we talked about it months ago too. God is love. And it wasn't the fact that God is a characteristic of who he is, is love. It's the very fact that he was love. I mean, it's just God is love. And then if we are the family of God, then shouldn't that characteristic be within us too? That that should just overflow and come out. I am love. Why? Because I'm a Christian. Do you do it out of your own works? I don't do it out of my works because I don't like you. <laughs> you know, I don't like you at all right now, but you know what? I'm loving on you. Why? Because God wants me to love you. So I, I do, and I don't even do it sarcastically. I'm just, I'm just pouring out to you, man. I, what else do you need? I'm here to bless you. And that's how it works. And as we as Christians continue to move out and we continue to love, well, then as we see this, the, the reference here is that, that Paul is hearing this of just the, the love that you have for the saints. I've, I've heard of your faith, and I've seen this. I hear this love that you're just pouring out on people, and people are getting saved. Why? Because they see that. The world wants that love, do they not? I mean, again, we talked about it too in the past. The world is just looking for all these things to fill in the need of where this love is coming from. And we're here like, hey, it's God, Jesus. And he loves you. I don't want that. It's a fairy tale. It's made up. You know, if you need a crutch and go to God, well, God's love though. It's not my crutch. It's it's the actual physical thing that I, I need to have love. And God is that love. It's not a crutch for me. It's not a fairy tale. You know, do you want it? Man, he'll, he'll give it to you. No, nah, I don't want that. 
Christian today too, if you're, if you're, and I, I wrote this in my notes, so it just, it bugs me. So I wrote it in my notes. Says, if you're a Christian, don't, I, I don't like angry Christians, okay? Uh, angry Christians, mean Christians, you know, if you're vindictive, if you're all these kinds of, don't, don't be that person. It just bugs me when I see that and you're like, well, that's my rights and I, I'm going to, I'm going to tear up this Target store because they didn't have this deodorant, you know, and or whatever it is. And you're just like, and they just get all riled up and you're like, stop it. You're a Christian. You know, so many times we get so caught up in our own rights and, and we get angry and you're just like, no, stop it. God is love. We're supposed to be love. Be that target person or that public person's um, just their their one blessing that they had today that they can go home and tell their family, man, we didn't have this in and this person was like nice to me. And they said, hey, you know, no problem. Man. Just just give me a call when it's in. And, you know, well, hey, what's your name? Yeah, I'll pray for you. All right. Just have, have a great day. Let me know when it's in. Isn't it much easier? And then the Lord is glorified and they get to see your faith and they get to see the love in action. And they're just like, well, I, something different today about that. This person could have gone off on me like everybody else does, but yet it was just the love that they gave. Well, why faith and love? Well, faith and love, because in verse 5 it says, because of the hope. Go back to verse 4, I'm sorry. So since, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, why did we have this? Why did we have this faith and love? Well, it's because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. The hope here is it's it's expectation that we have. It's you know Titus two thirteen says looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and, and Savior Jesus Christ. Titus two thirteen again says looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. As we sit there and our hope is is that we sit there and we continue to look to the sky. We continue to wait for that calling of where where Jesus is going to come back. Or if we were to, to go home to the Lord today and we were to die for some reason, then we, our hope is in that, man, I cannot wait to see Jesus and as He greets me and allows me to come into the kingdom. It's that hope that we have. Turn over into Romans 5 real quick. <laughs> Went from thinking I was going to have a 20-minute sermon to press for time here so romans chapter 5 verse 1 it says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom all we through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of god by how do we have access again again like we've talked about several weeks is that jesus died and that veil was torn from the top to the bottom for now we have access to the throne room we actually, as you prayed this morning during, during the worship service, you prayed, and guess what? You are actually in the throne room of God. As a Christian, as somebody who is forgiven of their sins, you are actually able to come into the throne room of God and just say, hey, I rejoice in this. I get to go into some place that for millennia people wanted to, and they were unable to. Only the high priest was allowed to go into that. And we as Christians today are able to just, well, as we close our eyes, or you don't have to close your eyes, by the way, it's not, it's not like a system you have to close your eyes and pray. You can just, you can just be driving and pray, okay? So you don't close your eyes if you're driving. You just keep your eyes open. But you can, it doesn't matter if you close your eyes, it doesn't matter if you, you keep your eyes open, it doesn't have to be on your knee, it have to be in a certain way. As you come into the presence in a holy way, and as a way of just humbleness before God, you can rejoice for the fact that we have access 
We've been justified. Justified never sinned before. Why? Because of the work that Jesus Christ has done. So and not only that, verse 3, it says, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because we, the, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so what is our hope in? You guys should understand this very easy. Our hope is not in, man, I'm going to do these certain works and I'm going to be able to do this, or I'm going to be able to do this because I've done, you know, I've prayed seven times a day, I've prayed and I've faced a certain way. It has nothing to do with that. Our hope is only in one thing. Because it doesn't disappoint because of the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. So our hope as we sit there and we walk through our life because of that, we have a hope of where we're going to be going to. And so as we look onto Christ, well, guess what that does? Well, that fills us up now. So that as we look at the other two is the faith and the love. Well, now I have faith in Christ. And as I continue to move in faith, that love of Christ just continues to pour out in my life. Why? Because of the hope that I have. The hope isn't in things that I might be able to attain, isn't in having a big enough bank account to be able to retire, isn't it whether the certain friends that I have, the certain contacts. The only hope that I have is in Jesus Christ. It's a great hope to have, is it not? I mean, there's no other ticket. There's no other, there's not five Willy Wonka tickets, five gold tickets. There's, there's one Jesus. And the good news is you don't have to be the only one who grabs him first. He's there for everybody. He's there for you, for me. Or the person in the DR, the person in Africa, the person in Russia. And he's not even in just this county. He's, he's everywhere. Faith, love, hope. Paul's encouraging them to cling to their faith. Don't be deceived, guys. It has nothing to do with the knowledge. It has nothing to do with you obtaining something to be able to set your spirit free to be able to go somewhere. No, it has nothing to do with that at all. One commentator stated that faith is directed to Christ and is in Christ. Our faith is directed to Christ. Love is to and for the brethren. So as we love, we love to the brethren and it's for the brethren. And hope is for the coming of full salvation. Our hope is in that. Our hope is in the, the one day that we will have our salvation given to us as we get to go to heaven. We have salvation now, but when you actually get to cash the ticket in when you get there. Interesting, the hope which is laid up for you in heaven is not a reward for our faith and love. Rather, the hope that is ours is the source of faith and love. The hope that we have, the source comes from that faith and that love. As we continue to walk and you continue to go through ups and downs like I talked about earlier in, in your life and your faith continues to get stronger and stronger and your, your, your roots are deeper and your roots are more grounded and you have a greater trust in what the Lord has done, well, then all of a sudden that faith is so strong that as, as these hurricanes in life come through that you're just able to stand them. doesn't mean that you don't lose some branches along the way. doesn't mean that, that things don't happen to test it. The moment that you know that I have a faith in God and that He's not going to be gone, God's going to be there with me always. But the fuel that you have there is, is because of our hope in Christ that fuels our faith and then the love for those that are around us. It's that hope that we have that it just fuels it. It just gives it the, the, the energy that it needs. It gives it the, the fuel, the fire that it needs to be able to, to do the things that He's called us to do. 
the stuff of life. And the stuff of life is, is, is just stuff. It's rough. So much more on the stuff of life, but turn back to Colossians chapter 1. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And where'd they hear this, this, the truth from? It, it came from Epaphras and he's his fellow servant. He's described as a faithful minister of Christ. You'll see that in a couple verses. And, and, and so at this point we, we look at this truth and we believe that this is the truth, correct? We believe that this is the word of God. And that's, that's, that's what we believe. We believe that this is it. This is from God and that this is the word. And, you know, we believe what Jesus did. And Jesus in John 17, 17 says, sanctify them praying to God. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus believed it. The truth is, it's pure. It's unchangeable. The truth to a Christian is, is respecting God and the, the exalt, execution of his purpose through Christ and respecting the duties of man. Respecting God in the execution of His purpose through Christ. The whole purpose of of Christ's life was to do exactly what He did. It's really important for Paul to to attack this area. Why? Because again, he's trying to to rebuff the the Gnostics at this point of of their claim to have the knowledge. And Paul says, look, they they have a knowledge. They're, They're smart people, but they don't have the truth. They're not recognizing the truth. Again, Christian, as, as we experience and we go through our life, is, 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 is do you know and experience this truth within your own life? Again, we, we consistently always talk about, you know, there's, there's just the four basic things that you got to do to have a good, victorious Christian life. You know, you got to pray. You got to pray every day, talk to God. You got to read your Bible. You know, you got to fellowship with others. You gotta, you know, give a witness. You gotta be a witness to, to Christ as well. Do those four things every day and you'll have a victorious Christian life. I used to do the new believers over in Fort Lauderdale. So every single service there'd be people that would come forward and that's, that's the, we think we would go back there and, and so it's, it's, it's as simple as that, right? It's in just that, those four steps right there. You can follow it, right? It's so much more than that. Because at some point, this has to get to here. Of what you're understanding. At some point, you're just reading. And you're like, "All right, you know, I, I I did it. I read my my Colossians today. Next thing on my list is I gotta I gotta read. Okay, I gotta pray. Okay, I'm gonna pray a little bit now too. And I got a fellowship. You know, I'm gonna give Steve a call. Go grab some breakfast with him real quick. I fellowship today. Um, and then I'll tell the waitress I prayed for. Her. Boom. I've witnessed. I four things. Now I'm ready to go hit my day. Well, life is so much more than that, is it not? Because see, again, as you, you understand the truth and you understand the walk of, that you have to live and you understand the things of this world, you understand that it's so much more than that. Again, how, to, how long did Paul read or pray? I don't know how long Paul prayed in the morning or in the evening. Jesus was up early in the morning and Jesus was up late at night. I mean, how much sleep did Jesus get? He's like, man, I can't wait to get to heaven, man. I'm just, I'm exhausted in this body. I'm tired. Christian, again, Christianity is, is, is an action word. We, we've been called to do. We've been called to be doers of the word. Remember in James? We're called doers of the word. Do you trust God and his promises?
It's a big question for you to think about tonight as you go home is, do I trust God in those promises? Do I understand what he's asking me to do? Do I trust it? Do I believe it? Verse 6 says, which has come to you as it has all as it has also in the, all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is faithful, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declare to us your love in the Spirit. And again, how amazing it was at this time that, that the word was just going out. There's fruit from this word. As it was heading out, and again, as I talked about that, you know, understanding that they didn't have some of the technologies, any of the technologies that we have today, you know, they, there's no way to email, there's no driving, there's no cars, there's no phones, there's no nothing. But yet the word of God, because it was just powered by him, is just, is just spreading like wildfire through the whole kingdom at that time. The whole Roman Empire is just being, the gospel is just being spread and it's just going out and it's, it's just amazing to see that. And why? Because there's fruit from it. Paul's just acknowledging is just it's just amazing to see how it's heading out. Not just he acknowledges that there's both sides of it. There's one there's in our community here in the Colossian community, but also out throughout the whole of the world. As you hear about the DR and you'll hear about other things of just of the great works. We used to get the Calvary Chapel magazine, which was always really cool because you could see all the different things that God was doing throughout the world. Peru or Russia, and just you're like, wow, God is you mean God's not just here? No, God's doing unbelievable things everywhere. Why? Because there's fruit that's going out. Well, how important can I be, Kevin? How important can I? What changes can I make? Because I'm just, I'm just one person. Epaphras was just one, one guy. He's just one dude. He just sold out for Jesus. He just, his whole life, just like Paul, and we got a little bit more that we'll learn about him once we get to Philemon, things like that. But here's one guy that just, he loved his city, he loved God, and he just poured his heart into that city. One guy. I see lots of one guy, one girls in this room. Again, are you willing to, to push the chips to the table and say, Lord, whatever is it that you'd have me do in my life, I, I want to do it. I want to be that person that helps change somebody's life or a family's life or, or a community's life or my neighborhood or, or uh, Lord, our city or our state. Tony Evans, a long time ago, I heard him say, you, you, want to, you want to make changes in the world? Well, start in your house. Start living for God in your house. And when you get done with that, then, then, then change your neighborhood. And when you get done changing your neighborhood, you change your city. When you get done changing your city, you know, I mean, he's a lot more dynamic than I am. But I'm a little tired, so. A little more city, then he says, then you change your state. When you get done changing your state, then you change your country. And when you get done changing your country, you change the world. Christian, where are you at in that? Are you able to change your household today? Are you able to make those changes within my house and say, you know, for as for me and my house, we, we're going to serve the Lord. That's it. We're done. All this other stuff is gone. It's out the door. We're we're not watching this. We're not reading this. We're not using that language anymore. I'm not drinking this anymore. I'm not smoking that anymore. I'm not. What is it that needs to get out of your house so that I can I can live a life that is worthy to the calling of Jesus Christ for the excellence of Christ that we read in Philippians. My life. I want to live it to be the excellence of Christ. What is it that I need to get rid of? 
I want to be skinnier. Well, Kevin, what is it that you need to get rid of in your diet to be skinnier? You know, bread, sweet treats, soda. Christian, what is it that you have to get rid of in your life to be able to live that life that God has called you to do? So that you can, you can experience that and, and then your, your household can experience it and your neighborhood can experience it. Again, our, our neighborhoods need more of Christ. Our city needs more of Christ. There are families that need Jesus Christ. Uh, you can just go to Target or Walmart and you can just see the effects of just sin in families and just, it's, it's heart-wrenching. You know, I mean, you watch the news if you want to, but it's, it's not somewhere else. It's here in our city. But, but we have the love to be able to give to somebody else. That God has given us that love to be able to pour out to the saints and to those that are around us. But Christian, where, where are you at today in that? Are there things that you can change? Is there things that you can actively make a difference within your own household so that then you're ready to take the next step to make a change in your neighborhood or your neighbor's life? Are you willing to do that? This church was. This church was willing to forget the things of the past and the direction that they were going to because they heard this and they realized the fruit of it and they were willing to take the step forward. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.